skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Living Skin Podcast. It is great to have you here with us. I am Beth Bialko, your host of today's episode. And joining us actually for the first time, and we're so excited to have her, is Christina Smith, who's from our Philly office, and she is a U.S. Training and Development Manager. And Christina has a lot of experience when it comes to education and training, but she's also a licensed skin therapist. She has a postgraduate certificate in her NCEA for National Certification in Aesthetics, and throughout her career, Christina has always been striving to have a, a an understanding and I think an elevated training in education in all skin tones. And this is also to our topic today is about understanding and treating melanin-rich skin. And why this is such an important topic for us here today is that we have just launched our newest course, which is Treating Melanin-Rich Skin. And it is a foundational knowledge for really building your skills as a skin therapist. So welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thank you, Beth. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics in the industry, which is treating melanin-rich skin. Well, we are very lucky to to catch you because I know how busy you are with definitely uh, training and teaching. I mean, obviously being a a training and development manager is one aspect, but you are doing all the things, right? You're teaching, training, you're on the podcast, right? <laughs> We're doing <laughs> uh, a lot of like, even just like testing in our protocols and, you know, content and curriculum development, which is of course, such a huge thing with the online course that we've just launched as well. So I want to get right to it because I'm so excited to talk to you today. And I know you and I could talk about skin science for hours, (laughs) (laughs) days, days on end. But let's jump into the topic today about understanding and treating melanin-rich skin. And one of the things I want to, to ask you is if you can take a moment to really touch upon some of maybe like skin myths or misconceptions when it comes to treating melanin-rich skin, which is a key component of our conversation today. But I think a great place for us to start would be at the beginning, which is just talking about melanin and yeah. understanding the differences and how it scientifically and you know um, in its physiology, how it actually responds to treatments. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest myths is that just the general understanding of melanin, if we don't have that baseline, it's difficult to figure out where to go for treatment in one direction or another. 
So when it comes to melanin, we often talk about skin as having more melanin or less melanin. So lighter skin has less melanin, darker skin has more melanin. And there is some truth to that, which we get a little bit more in the course, but there's also just different types of melanin. There's a lighter colored melanin called pheomelanin. And then there's a darker color melanin called eumelanin. And we have different variations and different quantities of the eumelanin versus pheomelanin. So someone with really fair skin, light colored hair, light colored eyes, has more pheomelanin. Those are our lower Fitzpatrick clients. And then our higher Fitzpatrick clients have more of the eumelanin, which is shaped differently. It's denser. It's a little less responsive to topical products. And understanding the difference and how that will manifest in clients of all different ethnicities. Of course, this course, we focus on Fitzpatrick's four to six, we kind of have a better understanding of, okay, if I know how the skin works, then you can have more success when you're choosing products, you're choosing ingredients, and you're getting great results on the skin without that struggle of, I don't understand what I'm looking at when I look at melanin-rich skin. Okay. I think that's a great, a great place to start. I love how you really defined it between the pheomelanin and the eumelanin. And this is something I think as skin therapists, like we understand, but I think about the average consumer or the client who doesn't really know all the science and the background of like right. why their skin behaves as it does and why they can, or maybe cannot right? Receive certain services. I think one of the things you and I talked about is that, that kind of, you know, false myth about that. If the darker your skin, the more it can actually tolerate, right? That is, is supposedly, I think some clients think it's more resistant um, when actually right. that's not the case. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. And I think that's a detriment to us in the treatment room because we just make that assumption, like you said, of, oh, this skin has more melanin. It's thicker. It's darker. It can tolerate a more advanced service. So people may feel as though they have to go to the stronger service, the stronger treatment. But the reverse is true. If you have more of that eumelanin, eumelanin is more reactive. So you have someone with a Fitzpatrick four to six those clients were more likely to experience post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So if you go for a really strong service, you could be triggering inflammation, pigmentation, and now we're creating additional skin concerns that we're focusing on. So one of the things that is important to remember when we connect that skin concern to the type of melanin is melanin is really closely related to the inflammatory response. So your Langerhans cells, which your immune cells are linked to your melanocytes, which create both eumelanin and pheomelanin. So if we are accidentally giving too strong of a service to a melanin rich client, we're triggering those immune cells. That begins an inflammatory cascade that triggers the melanocyte cells. Now we're over creating this hyperpigmentation as a side effect of this service. We can avoid that if we have that understanding of the skin and of that melanin and saying, okay, well, our melanin rich clients are actually potentially more reactive. You don't have to go to the stronger service. We want to start progressive, work our way up to something that's a bit stronger, keeping in mind that Langerhan melanocyte relationship so that we're not triggering inflammation. We're not triggering post-inflammatory post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation so that you're getting great results on the skin without those kind of surprise side effects where we're like, what happened? If we go back to the science and start there first, we can get the better, better results on the skin more effectively. I think that's such an important point that you made is just understanding how 
the type of melanin responds. Um, and again, not going, not falling for kind of like the, the myth or the misconceptions of what it means exactly. with the skin as well. You made a point too, of, of talking about, obviously there's eumelanin and pheomelanin, pheomelanin being the, the lighter of the two and eumelanin being the darker. What would you say to someone who's, who's trying to figure out, well, you know, which one does my skin have, but in actuality, you have a blend of both. Oh, I love that question. Yes. <laughs> a lot of what we see in the skin is not just that one color of melanin. It's a blend of both, especially depending on what your ethnic background is. You can't always look at someone and just know what type of melanin they have without knowing their ethnic background. So we have a blend of different sizes of melanin. The fail melanin is smaller, it's lighter. We have a blend of the larger type of melanin. Eumelanin, the darker melanin, is actually the most common form, which a lot of people don't realize either. So we have a blend of that melanin and that it actually lives in packages called melanosomes, which is where the melanin is packaged in the skin. Those melanosomes can be densely packed or loosely packed. They can be close together. They can be farther apart. So all of these things are going into what we know to be our constitutive skin color, which is the skin color that we're born with. And then of course we have how our skin color changes over time with potential pigmentation, inflammation, breakouts, but that variation of skin color is not just one thing. It's a blend of all of these different variables. And we go into that a little bit more in the skin science section of the course. Yes, which is so good, which I absolutely love. And I, you know what, I'm sure if you're just joining us, it's the first time you've been with us on the Living Skin Podcast. You know, we talk everything from skin to products to formulations um, and to science. And all of that actually is wrapped up into this course. So you can go online and register. It's free. It's treatingmelaninrichskin.com. And it's a self-led course. It is fantastic. We cover everything from cultural intelligence to what Christina said about the science of melanin, skin conditions, advanced services like chemical peels or microneedling. One of the things you do say in the course in the science component of this, and I do just want you to give like a little sneak peek into it so everyone can kind of learn a little lesson on today, is you talk about the solubility of melanin and how that actually can basically contribute to how a skin responds to, to treatment. Could you just touch a little bit more on that for us today? Yeah, absolutely. So when we mentioned that the eumelanin and the pheomelanin can respond differently to topical products, that's what the solubility is. So if you're using brightening ingredients, tyrosinase inhibitors, which we often use for hyperpigmentation, because the pheomelanin is more soluble, those ingredients can get through the membrane of the cell, uh, affect quicker change versus the eumelanin, which remember we said it's bigger, it's denser, it's more difficult for those topical ingredients to work their way through that melanosome. So it can take longer to see results on someone who has more eumelanin or more melanin-rich clients versus someone with lighter skin, lower Fitzpatrick. So a lot of times what I see happening is people start using products, especially hyperpigmentation. I see this most often on higher Fitzpatrick clients. And we wait a couple of weeks and we go, it didn't work. And we get really discouraged and we stop using yes. the products 
But if we have an understanding of, look, it might take a little bit longer simply because this is how the science of the skin works. We have that realistic idea in our mind of maybe we are waiting a little bit longer. Maybe we're incorporating something else into our advanced service to speed that up. That might be a consideration that you take for your more melanin-rich clients that we don't take for lower Fitzpatrick clients. So having an understanding of how that solubility works will kind of kickstart you to go into that advanced services module in the course where you're learning about how can I safely incorporate incorporate these advanced services. And a lot of it goes down to the melanin just works differently. And it's beneficial for us to have that understanding. Perfect. So it's really this mixture of like science, skin, and then also to your consultation. So you had mentioned too about um, the the whole process of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. That's a huge topic that we go into actually on another podcast with Carolyn Kelly Fernando, who was yet another expert in this course with you. And she goes in through a lot about understanding sensitivity. And it really is actually like the number one overlooked and misdiagnosed skin condition yes. and, and skin of color. And I think what's interesting is pigmentation is oftentimes associated with aging, right? Yes. But aging, actually, when we're looking at a melanin-rich skin, it's going to manifest differently. It's not going to be your traditional lots of fine lines and wrinkles or, you know, heavily sagging skin. And you go into that, into um, the treating melanin-rich skin course. Can you share some of the differences or things that a, a therapist professional should be looking for when it comes to identifying signs of aging? I think you nailed it when you said hyperpigmentation as being a big one. We often tend to think of aging and hyperpigmentation as two different concerns. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone with a denser dermis, which is more common in melanin-rich skin, then a lot of times those signs of aging, like you said, lines and wrinkles, aren't going to manifest the same way. So hyperpigmentation we'll often see first. We see shadowing and hollowing, which if you're not looking for, you may miss where since the dermis is denser, instead of it paving in where we see lines, it just kind of sags a bit and it looks hollow. And a lot of times people actually mistake this for hyperpigmentation, especially under the cheek area. And we're using brightening ingredients and it's not working. But a little pro tip for your skin analysis is stretch the skin and you can start to see what is actually hyperpigmented and what is a hollowing or a shadowing of the skin. And you can see this under the cheeks, around the eye area, as where you'll see it most commonly, super big um, trigger that we often see missed in skin analysis. And another one we often miss in melanin-rich skin is enlarged pores. We think big pores oil, and we make that connection and that's it. But again, dermis is denser. As it relaxes, the size of the pores stretches with that relaxing of the dermis. So what we're seeing isn't a larger pore size because of more oil production necessarily, but it's because of aging and that loss of collagen. And it just appears different in higher Fitzpatrick clients versus like you said, the traditional fine lines and wrinkles. And you're probably not going to see that in all of your clients. And you don't want to miss that in your skin analysis. I mean, I'm thinking that everyone listening right now is like, minds are like blown, right? I think people are like, (laughs) I am ready to go back into my treatment room and start taking, I call it you know, lessons by Christina right, right into <laughs> right into that service with them. Because I mean, this is like, this is stuff that like really needs to be taught 
and to be shared and to actually, and be practiced, you know, as yeah. well as, as a therapist, um, you know, you are an expert, um, in the subject matter and, you know, you definitely have, of course, all of the, the, the research and the studies and of course, in the contributions into the course, have you found as a skin therapist, this is something that you've always had access to, or I can imagine someone probably thinking right now, like, how do I become this level of an expert? Like Christina, what, how, how has your experience been? This information is not very accessible, I find, especially mm -hmm. in our undergrad programs. We're going through, we're getting licensed. You're just kind of taught what the textbook says, and the textbook very often ignores certain demographics of clients. So I got into the industry, I graduated, and I was like, all right, I got to learn some things. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of experimenting on different people and just making notes of visually what am I seeing differently, and then going and finding research and finding studies and looking at skin physiology textbooks and dermatology textbooks and finding as much information as possible that exists, a lot of which is out of date, and putting it into practice and then figuring out, okay, how can I take this science, put it in with what I'm actually seeing on people's skin, and then going in and figuring out, well, now that I have this information, this knowledge, how do I incorporate products and services? And that's what I think one of my favorite parts of this Treating Melanin Rich Skin course is, is it is actionable you get the knowledge, you take it to your treatment room. We link everything together so that you can have that information available to you that so many of us had to look so far and wide across the industry to figure out. Because it's not talked about, we bring it together so that you can use it immediately. And it is a jumping off point. This isn't every piece of information that you'll ever need to know about treating melanin-rich skin, but it gives you a really strong foundation so that you have that, that knowledge and that background that really is just hard to find in this industry. And that I think is, is what is so disappointing, right? Because, oh, yeah. um, you know, skin is skin. You should be able to leave your training as a skin therapist and be prepared to treat anyone who walks into your treatment room because you don't Absolutely. know, right? It, we live in a very multicultural world. And so you, to your point earlier, when you're talking about the skin could appear lighter but by looking at and using tools like the Lancer ethnicity scale or Fitzpatrick skin types, you then have to make an assessment on how that melanin is really going to respond as well. Why do you think that this course is so important right now? If you were to share that with somebody. I think one of the things that one of the reasons why it's so important and why it means so much to me is because I know as a dermalogica instructor of color, I go out into the field and a lot of people say to me, I don't feel like I can use these products. This isn't for me. And sometimes it might be a lack of education or it might be something like the cultural intelligence that Charmaine talks about where we're brought up being taught, this is how we care for our skin because nobody else has told us what to do and we've had to figure it out. So having resources available now where everyone can feel as if clients are included, skin therapists included, every single client should be able to walk into any skin center and get a service suited for their skin color, their Fitzpatrick, their ethnicity, and having this information available so that people feel connected and cared for. And as if this brand is something that's so beneficial for them, it just kind of fills a gap that we have of an understanding and 
feeling accepted in society generally and then as a client in a skin center. And I'm I'm so excited to have everyone kind of come on board and try this and be able to share not just the knowledge, but that sense of community and acceptance with our clients. I think that's so beautifully said, especially just sharing that sense of community and acceptance with your clients, because again, the clients would, you know, could also be in the same position. I mean, I've been talking to yeah. so many experts who, who are experts like yourself, who's, who said, you know, I kind of didn't know what to do with my skin. Like it was kind of trial and error. So now if you think about that, it's really our responsibility as professionals to bring in those clients and say, Hey, listen, I got you. Like, yeah, we're going to take a look at what's happening, what your goals are. I'm wanting to help you understand how your skin behaves from a scientific perspective. And with that little bit of knowledge, we can pick, right, the right ingredients and the right treatments. Because I think to your point earlier, you said some people just jump in and don't know, like, I shouldn't be yeah. going as aggressive or, oh, hey, you know what? I can do a chemical peel safely. Um, if I understand that and it's like, you know, I think about that. It's a huge responsibility for us as skin therapists that your clients trust you. Right. And they're looking for someone to trust who they know that they can walk in and get like the best treatment. Speaking of, you know, skin therapists and trusting, what would be your advice, right? From Christina, um, I would say as skin therapist, educator, um, that you would advise our skin therapists right now and really treating melanin rich skin. One of the first things, and Charmaine goes in depth with this in the course, is mm -hmm. cultural intelligence is so important. If mm -hmm. you have a client, you will always have clients who are from a different background than you. And there's some things that, like you said, we want to understand how we treat the skin in a healthy way. And we know some products aren't incredibly healthy for the skin, but we don't judge our clients for that. I grew up on uh, cocoa butter on my face because that's all we, that's what we knew. And I would never do that nowadays. But how do you have that conversation with a client yeah. where it's like, I understand culturally where you're coming from and why this is part of your life. Let's talk about how the skin works. Let's talk about how the products work. Maybe we can go in a direction that feels more comfortable. That's a little bit more healthier for your skin versus going, oh, you put cocoa butter on your face. That's yeah. not the best way to treat a client. So yeah. having that cultural intelligence, the first thing is so important. Second of all, having that skin knowledge, because like we said, if we understand the skin, the products and the service will make more sense. So really diving into the course. I am a note taker, highly recommend taking notes with each module of the course, noting down the science and making it relevant. How do I take this information and bring it to the treatment room? And then the last thing I would say is just, always be open and accepting of everyone who comes into your treatment room. You might learn something from your clients. They might mm -hmm. teach you about your skin or they might teach you about why something is important to them and their culture. And, and having that connection, going back to having those connections with each other, it's going to make you a more personable skin therapist where people feel comfortable coming to you. They trust you. They trust your services and your recommendations. And then ultimately you can get everybody to their skin health goals because you have that knowledge and the relationship. Perfect. I love it. I love everything about this podcast today. I think everyone, <laughs> not only it's just feeding the soul today, <laughs> it is feeding the soul. I mean, I think you and I, especially because we are so 
vested in this in this course and we know that the power and the impact that that it has so you know again if you're thinking oh my gosh wait what was that website again i think i forgot to write it down when christina and beth were talking um it's treating melaninrichskin.com again it's online it's a foundational course it's foundational knowledge for the skin service professional and christina i think you said it perfectly about how this is like real tangible you know, I would say steps that you can take and get it right into your treatment room and begin making a difference to your clients immediately today. So we, I, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here. I mean, it's been so fantastic. I, I hate to even cut this short because I feel like we could just keep going. Um, but if you want again, learn more from Christina, jump onto that course. We can't wait for you guys to take a look at this as well. Christina, thank you for sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and your passion. And as always, it's great to spend time with you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I got to be on the podcast for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely this is going to be one of many. So we've got <laughs> lots of, lots of other topics to cover. So thanks everyone for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next time here on Living Skin Podcast. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, cheers to living in your healthiest skin.